This podcast is presented by 323 Entertainment. You can find this show and more wherever you stream podcasts and music. And while you're there, please follow, rate, and review. And if you want to help us continue to grow and get better while also getting exclusive releases and free merch, please support the 323 on Patreon at patreon.com slash 323read. You can subscribe for as little as $2. $2! That's patreon.com slash 323read, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash 323-R-E-I-D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 323. I'm your host, Reed Murphy. As you could hear right at the start of the theme song with the person doing the wrong theme, that's Scott Elia. <laughs> oh, our resident. Just another thing I messed up in my life. It's okay. <laughs> and that laughing bundle of joy above him is the one and only Zahair Ali of the Animation Deliberation Podcast. Hello, Yo. gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Hi. I'm doing okay. I was ready to pass out, but now I'm alive and well, so let's get to it. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. We do have a lot to get to. We have, we have, there was a Thursday night game that just happened. Norm, you know, we could do the hangover music, but I'll be honest with you. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I had it on in the background. I saw the score. I was like, oh, I'm good. I don't. I don't need the Brock Purdy experience in my life. The Brock Purdy, Geno Smith experience. We're going to get it next week. Yeah, we are going to get it next week. I'm hoping that's when he falls off and actually looks like a seventh rounder. I heard the entire crowd chanting BCB during his uh, post-game interview. <laughs> and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick trying to guess what BCB means. Like, big confidence Brock. Okay. Yeah. You got it. That's what it is. You nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> But now we got confidence blocked. Outside of that, getting to last week's show, I'm a little... As soon as we put it out, I started to think to myself, I was like, ah, that Mike Leach segment that we did at the end. Dear Lord, I hope he doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> After killing him off at the end of the show. And naturally, what happens within two days? The poor man, the great yeah. coach himself, Mike Leach has passed away at the age of 61. We've done this now, awkwardly ending shows, with either Zoo announcing a death or me predicting one now. Oh, no. So, nobody, so we'll see what happens today. We'll see who comes. Whoever's mentioned at the end of the show. <laughs> Watch terrible. out. Watch out. This is did the you only... ever see... Did you, did you ever... Side note. Did you ever see the Muppets Treasure Island movie from back in the day? No, but I'm curious like where this old... is going. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this whole bit about like if you get the there's like if you get the black dot, that means you're gonna die. They give you like a piece of paper that's folded up and somebody opens it up, has a black dot and says you're gonna die within like 30 days. I feel like this show is the black dot on the world. And I'm very scared about who else we name drop in this show because I'm sure they're gonna die the next week. It's the three two three curse. We have a curse. <laughs> we have a curse. But I mean, we did all the joking, and, you know, the joking aside, Mike Leach has passed away, and, well, I say joking aside, this dude was a very funny, he was such a funny coach, and this is something like, it's something he would probably laugh about, and seeing people talk about it, he was so out there, 
as a coach. He was most recently with Mississippi State. But, Scott, I'll ask you, because this is our college football roundup for the week because nothing really has been happening. Mike Leach has been the biggest story. He's had a pretty incredible career and impact on not just college football, but football as a whole. Uh, Were your thoughts on Mike Leach at his uh, untimely passing at 61? Yeah, I mean, he's been somebody who's been around for ever, it feels like, in college football between, you know, starting off with Texas Tech, you know, he's Washington State, where, um, what the fuck, why is his name just escaping me right now? The quarterback for the Jags, that we, oh, Mark Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew, he coached yeah. him for a while, and then most recently with Mississippi State. Um, it's definitely something that's been rocking the college football world, you know, seeing a lot of coaches coming out and players and different figureheads across the across the country so yeah it's, it's definitely be a uh a big a big shoes to fill for for mike leach i maybe they're still playing their college their um, their bowl game though which is good to hear yeah and it's gonna be it's gonna be a big void and it's gonna be something that you miss because normally you get these coaches they'll do their interviews and it's just a lot of coach speak and just random shit that you hear in either their press conferences or the post game interviews but Mike Leach was like fully aware of how to be different and how to change it up and just to be himself and be weird in these interviews. And, you know, we've been playing the cough, the cough thing, and it's nice and gross and it grosses Scott out. But there's so much, there's so many better things, so many better memorable interviews that he's had that we, you know, we can go through. The girlfriend one is our favorite that we've had on here. Instead of playing hard and getting a first down and getting a play, <laughs> then, you know, you want <clears throat> to sit behind a, a, a shade tree, eat a fish sandwich, and uh, drink a lemonade with your fat little girlfriend. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just a... That doesn't it, make you want lemonade to quench your thirst. I don't know what does. It's between the lemonade and the fish sandwich. It's like poetry that he's putting together on the spot. But we also recently had him talking about mascots. They asked him about mascots going into one of their games. And great. it just went on like this. Well, first of all, what kind of mythical powers does a Sun Devil have? We've got to consider that. I'm going to say the Wildcat's out. Uh, the Trojan, is he? does he have a horse or is he on foot? Does he have a bow and arrow or just his sword? Uh, the Bruin, definitely formidable. Um uh, another bear up there at Cal. Uh, the tree, I imagine that tree's going to get chopped down. Um, unless we're going to go with the bird and somebody might get pecked or something. I don't know. And then um, the duck, the duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, which may be good advice under the circumstances. Uh, the husky, no chance. Uh, the beaver, well, we'll see how long that beaver can hold his breath. Um, the uh, the ute, again, we're back to, uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? Did he trade for a rifle? I mean, you know, because if that ute's got a rifle, there's some definite problems. And then, um, and... Uh, and, you know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of uh, outside stuff there. Um, just as far as a beast alone, 
uh, a buffalo is going to be pretty hard to tangle with. I mean, a, bu- a buffalo's utterly outstanding. <laughs> well, but Butch, Butch is going to have to be clear-minded and crafty. I mean, Butch will, Butch will find a way. There's no question. The Cougar will find a way. Uh, clear-minded and crafty, a combination of stay out of harm's way and and uh, and attack when you get your uh, your chances. I mean, these were these were legitimate thoughts he was having. These are deep thoughts. Deep thoughts, and you can well, hear, see, you could hear the press out there just cracking up and loving it. Deep thought, December. Oh, I love it is it. deep thought, December. Even ask him about candy corn. You want to get into October and no. Halloween? Mike, uh, back to the comments you made about candy corn. Do you think it deserves a second chance? No, I do not. I, I do not. That's been carefully researched since I was a child, uh, starting at approximately I'm going to say three, and <clears throat> although it did have. Uh, <laughs> some brighter points in my life, in particular when I was young, you know, the type of thing where it gets all over your hands and your face. Um, <clears throat> before long, though, I realized that that was a grave error and there was far better uh, paths ahead than candy corn. So, yeah, I no, I have no interest. I, it's one of those items that, you know, there's a reason they serve it basically once a year because it's not very good to begin with. That's a strong take. I don't, I don't I don't he was eating candy corn, right? He had a and very it should be noted in that whole question he has a bag of candy corn sitting next to him during that entire oh. answer. But he also has thoughts on Bigfoot and aliens. Now there's there's thoughts on football, but these are the ones that he really gets tight on. Monday's question, do you believe in Bigfoot? What about aliens? I hope there's Bigfoot. I don't think there is. The reason I don't think there is cuz we found bones of dinosaurs and everything else, but we haven't found bones that I've heard of, of Bigfoot. Aliens, I suspect there is, and I don't know that they're, um, <clears throat> they're little green men, and I don't know that they're specifically um, in our galaxy. Why wouldn't God build other Earths and other places? Why only this one? You know, and even if you're an evolution guy and lightning striking mud and, you know, popping in, I mean, I, I, I mean, and then, well, they say, well, the notion of God is far fetched. Oh, really? Striking mud and then to life, you know, sparking out of there and then it going like that. Well, I mean, well, that's just such an obvious, easy path to follow. It goes without saying also he has had phlegm in his throat for about 20 to 30 years. And it's, oh, it, it, it's, it's, never it's from eating better. candy corn as a three-year-old. <laughs> it's what it is. It's all the candy corn. Uh. <laughs> uh. Oh, it's disgusting. But as we say goodbye to Mike Leach, the one thing that I think is most important is just how he treated the media. When you have you know certain coaches like Saban who go go the fuck off on Maria Taylor, or you know just how some coaches can act with questions the way that mike leach would act with decency while talking to so many reporters and getting to know them will never go unnoticed and things like this will really make him missed the weddings um i'm in the middle of planning one right now do you have any advice for me who are you marrying his name is trevor okay yeah well i'll have to you set up a meeting and i'll talk to him um okay so uh where's trevor from He's from Florida. What does Trevor do for a living? He works in sports as well, covers football. He does what? He covers football as well. Really? Well, I don't know. We'll keep a close eye on it, but whatever you and Trevor decide, 
I would kind of keep it on the down low, which you failed to do that. Trevor was probably planning to, but you didn't. Uh, so go ahead and uh, uh, don't, don't say anything else about it, but as soon as the season's over, or even an off week, go elope. Trust me on that. Go elope. Because uh, basically every female in the family is going to terrorize you guys until it's over. Once it's over, I mean, they'll be upset for a few days, but it'll be over. And then, you know, you cruise away, uh, along, have a happy marriage, have a happy life. I'll pass along the message. Thanks, Coach. Congrats well, on the win. Trevor, unless he's crazy, <laughs> is totally on my side. And trust me on this. If Trevor doesn't uh, have the sense to do that, tell him to call me because, I mean, he needs to do trust. I, t I told all my kids, I'll give you $10,000 extra if you elope. So far, they haven't done it, but I would, too. I'll have him call you for sure. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Coach. All right. <laughs> that, that was after a win, too. It was after a win. No talk about the game. I'm just curious about this eloping in this marriage. He was, so we talked about it a couple of weeks ago with Dion and who who else was with him when he when they're talking about um uh Rob a, Rob J I believe Rob J yeah, yeah it's the same it's the same dynamic it's like that old head uncle at the at the holiday party at the barbecue like it's just how he talks he just rambles yeah just legitimately interested in talking about you talking about your life getting to know you getting to know these reporters unless they pissed him off which happened quite a few times. But even then, acting with some class. He'll be missed. His players will miss him. It's going to be a big void. Rest in peace to Mike Leach. Moving forward, other news of the week. Not really too much in sports. But one of the big weird ones was the announcement of new names and designs for NBA awards. One of them being like the Michael Jordan MVP trophy. Also a lot of weird ones. The Havlicek trophy. A lot of old heads. A lot of old heads thrown into these trophy names. I think Hakeem got one. Hakeem got one for defense. Um, but it made me realize that I haven't paid attention at all to the NBA. I haven't seen. I haven't looked at a damn thing. I realize the Brooklyn Nets are doing much better. They're looking like possibly a championship team right now. The Lakers have improved. Zion Williams is Zion Williamson isn't fat anymore, and he's balling out. But I also realize I don't care. I won't care until about Martin Luther King Day. So, for now, <laughs> especially with the World Cup happening, NFL, I'm actually into soccer now. I'm into soccer for a little bit. I don't know if it's going to last after this, but for now. For the culture? For the culture. For the culture. For, for the, the culture. For the African nation of France. I'm, I'm here for you. Mbappe. Mbappe. I want to ask, with these NBA awards, who would you name NFL's season awards after? We have the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Alex Smith, Comeback Player of the Year. Thank you. I think that's a See, good one. I'll challenge, that's a good no, one. I'll challenge you on the Comeback. No, I will challenge you on the Comeback Player of the Year Award. Uh -oh. Because there is only one individual in the whole history of the Comeback Player Award who's actually won it twice. Would you like to take a guess? Who's won it twice? He's won it on different teams. Is it that much of a comeback if you just keep sucking and then playing how you're supposed to? You might as well give it to him. You might as well give it to him. <laughs> yeah, you get one comeback. Then it's, after that, fuck you. <laughs> it is the long. It's the longtime New York Jet and Miami Dolphin great Chad Pennington. Chad Pennington. <laughs> he won it twice. He won it once with the Jets and then once with the Dolphins. 
How did okay, that Alex Smith almost died. That was that's it. <laughs> from playing football. Why did Chad nah, whatever? Why did Chad Pennington win it? Did he win it? And then gave like, Aaron Donald ass for two a years piggyback or? ride. Probably. Uh, no, I don't know why he won it. I just know he won it twice. But no, the Alex Smith does make sense. Like you said, coming back from near death and amputation of his leg. Like and that. giving Aaron Donald a piggyback ride on his first game back. Oh, fuck that. Hell no. My um, heart stopped. I don't know. <laughs> I guess, well, what, what, I mean, what trophies are there? Because it's not like there's so many accolades like the well, like college football does. So you have the offense and defensive no, players. Look of up the, the NFL honors. You have MVP, which I would, I would name, I would give, I mean, that would be the Tom Brady MVP award, I guess. <laughs> He has to be done though. Like, yeah, so he, yeah, he maybe ten happy. years from now when he retires, right, right? They'd rebrand it. So who would they brand it now and then rebrand in ten years? If, Joe Montana. If you brand it, yeah, probably Joe Montana. Uh, maybe. Well, I mean, in ten years, it's going to be a tough call between Tom Brady and Geno Smith. <laughs> We're going to have a real tough talk on that one. Right. Taylor Heineke too. But yeah, right now, probably Heineke. Joe Montana. If you go defensive player of the year, I would say either Lawrence Taylor or Deion Sanders, maybe. Oh, he Kelly Clarkson's hosting it. He gets something for me. Um, <laughs> we don't need to give Deion anything else. Deion gets nothing. He doesn't yeah, need I think anything would, else. I think, I think LT would be a good choice because he's just been so dynamic even from his rookie season. But – I would even pivot if you went to like I don't know like Ray Lewis, give it to Ray Lewis, the Ray Lewis Defensive Player of the Year. Ray Lewis would be, and a good then, one. and then like LT since he did have a, such yes. a great like rookie season with like n- like nine or ten sacks that year, like he could just be the Defensive play- Rookie of the Year trophy could be LT. Yeah, Offensive Rookie of the Year. I guess you could give to whatever whoever had the greatest rookie season of all time. Did which... Big Ben win a Super Bowl as a rookie? Uh, I believe he did actually i think he's one of the one of the few rookie quarterbacks to ever do that if not the only one which is pretty that's that's really if he is that's really like underrated to do that because it's insane it's the pressure seems insane of a rookie going into the playoffs alone let alone a super bowl right because brady got his his sophomore season he wasn't a rookie when brady got his first one i think that was his second year right and even he came in weird. Yeah, oh, it was none. Roethlisberger did win the Offensive Rookie of the Year award in 04 in his first Pro Bowl selection. In two- oh, okay. So he did not win the Super Bowl his rookie year. Yeah, because then that would put him I don't know. No Maybe, one has. Because I know, I know Randy crazy. Moss got the Rookie of the Year back in like the late 90s. I know he had like a really great rookie season. So maybe Randy Moss would get the Rookie of the Year trophy for the offensive side. I have two things to like, uh, or- get off here. One, oh, well, yeah, I know. Mm. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went to look up Chad Pennington on Wikipedia, and I have two gripes okay. here. One, okay. well, it's not really so much a gripe, but I'm shocked to learn that Chad Pennington only played for two teams. Like, I knew he played for the Jets and the Dolphins, but I just assumed he was one of those quarterbacks that wound up on, like, several other teams somehow in Washington for, like, a year, wearing the number eight, and then, like, the uh, you know some XFL team or something. He only played for two teams. What a good career for him! Two-time right. comeback player of the year. He's an underrated quarterback, I think, in the history of quarterbacks. He might be the best Jets quarterback of all time. 
You're welcome. <laughs> I would probably argue. But also, as I go on to Wikipedia, do you all have you all ever donated to Wikipedia? Have no. I have not, but that the way they worded that pop up the last time I went on it kind of made me want to. I mean, this one, look how fucking long this is. They wrote like five paragraphs <laughs> telling you the Wikipedia is not for sale. A personal appeal from Jimmy Wales. Who's Jimmy Wales? I need the Wikipedia, but they didn't put a link. So they're trying to make me give them $2 or potentially $100. We ask you humbly, don't scroll away. Join the 2% of readers who give. It's two percent. That's a that's a loser bunch. I don't want two percent. Give me ninety eight percent. Once you get there, then I'll jump in. I want to be part Wait of the two percent that doesn't. I'm also discovering something right now on Wikipedia that I did not know about. Do you see what Chad Pennington's real name is? No. I'll let I'll, I'll I won't spoil it. I'll let you go discover it for yourself. Chad Pennington. Oh, <laughs> James Chadwick Pennington. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> You would imagine that would be like James Chadwick Pennington the fourth, right? He sounds rich as hell. Because that, that big, uh, big trust fund baby name. Hey, two percent is eight hundred eighty-two thousand people. Nah, I don't care. I don't care that enough to get two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go and just edit one of the Wikipedia pages and put farts all over the page. I also should make a three-two-three Wikipedia page. We should. Somebody get on that. One of our thousands of listeners, thousands of millions of billions, trillions, tri- trillion to trillion. over a billion, two hundred trillion, two hundred billion dollars viewers. <laughs> While I was on Wikipedia, I also wound up on Josh Johnson's Wikipedia page, who is currently the backup quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. I do not want you to go there. Don't go there because I want you to play this game. Okay. Okay. Can you? How many of Josh Johnson's teams can you name of the court? Because there, for those who have never heard of a journeyman quarterback, Josh Johnson is the highest definition of it. Of quarterbacks that just wind up team to team to team. So we have this new game, this new improvised game. Name the team that Josh Johnson played for. Are we just going to go back and forth? I actually have to scroll down this list on his career. Oh, SFL Seattle Sea Dragons. If I'm telling you right now, if there's an FL in the name, he played in it. <laughs> no, I'm specifically <laughs> yeah. saying the Seattle Sea Dragons for the XFL. Seattle Sea Dragons. No. What XFL team did you play for? I know. There is an XFL team in there, though. Can we get it? Was it the Battle uh... Box? It was not. I remember watching him in the XFL, but I only watched two games, and the only two games I remember they finished playing. It was the uh, it was LA. Um, Oh yes, yes. LA, uh, the LA uh, Wildcats. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) he was my third time's a charm. I will give you his. I knew it was LA. Can you give me three teams? I could guarantee if you guessed three. Redskins. That's one. <laughs> uh, the, oh, the Bucks. That was his first. Uh, he's on the Niners now. That's one too. Can you guess uh, how many times? Right. He's, can you guess how many times he's been on the 49ers? <laughs> three. That's what I was gonna say. Is it four? 
This is his fourth appearance as a 49er. <laughs> oh, my God. So, going through his career history, Josh Johnson started on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from 08 to, 0, to, 08 to 11. So you he's would been think, around since 2008? He's been around since 2008. You would Jesus. think oh, he is 36, so he's still got what? some years. He's got some more years to go. He does not strike me as 36. Since 2011, he has been on the 49ers, the Sacramento Mountain Lions, the Cleveland Browns, oh the Cincinnati Bengals, the San Francisco 49ers again, the Cincinnati Bengals again, the New York Jets, the Indianapolis Colts, the Buffalo Bills, the Ravens, the Giants, the Texans, the Raiders, the Redskins, the San Diego Fleet, the Detroit Lions, the LA Wildcats, the 49ers again, the New York Jets, the Baltimore Ravens, the Denver Broncos, and now, once again, the San Francisco 49ers. This man's had a career. Is this including, like, practice squads? Yes. Oh, okay. He's, yeah, he's been on like just in 2012. That makes a lot more sense. Just in 2012 alone, he was on the Niners, Mountain Lions, and Browns. See, and I want to know how many touchdowns he's thrown. It has to be like under 20. Would you? If he's done, would you like to guess his touchdown interception ratio over all these years since 2008? I'm assuming he probably. I'm going to assume that he has a lot. He has more interceptions than touchdowns because if it were if it were the other way around, that he probably would be jumping around this much. I'm going to say it's a little bit worse than a like a 50-50 split. I think it's going to be slightly like 60-40 inter- interceptions to touchdowns. 32-27. Ooh, okay. Since 2008, <gasps> as of week 14, 2022, Josh Johnson is 13-16 and 16 touchdown to interceptions. Oh, my God. Passing yards, <laughs> 2,280. A passer rating of 70. Rushing yards, 425 yards, and one rushing touchdown. <laughs> his longest stint has been with the Buccaneers where he spent his first four years and his tenure with other teams has mostly lasted no longer than one season even in the death death of the XFL I loved his season with the Redskins that was a fun little bit of time that he had there everybody was he was so depressed after Mark Sanchez like oh this guy's moving the ball I know yeah once you get into a Monday night game with Mark Sanchez leading oh you, my um, god that was, was that was four years ago. I remember that was like just yesterday mm-hmm. hearing about that on the radio. Mm-hmm. After Alex Smith broke his leg when we had a winning record. Where'd the, where'd the time go? Speaking of Monday Night Cleaning Football. Cleaning puke. <laughs> Speaking of Monday Night Football, I want to get into commentators real quick. Mm-hmm. Because there's been a lot of talk about you know these different commentators on games and Especially with like the Manning cast. Are either of you a fan of the Manning cast on Monday nights? I love the Manning cast. I love it. Well, yeah, I love the highlights (laughs) I watch later on. What do you What do you enjoy about the Manning cast? So I like that they it they it really combines the the entertainment value of watching like two brothers just watching a game and then them actually putting in their NFL expertise on top of it, kind of thing. And but they can it's like you're just having you're watching a game with a buddy kind of feeling. So would you do you watch the Manning cast every time you watch Monday Night Football or would you do you ever watch just for if I'm buck? No, because we'll get into those two in a second. But <laughs> no, if, if I'm watching Monday Night Football, I'm watching that. Well, I and OK, so we'll get into Aikman and Buck because I bring this up because of Al Michaels and Al Michaels has been we've talked about him already, but he's been very fun this season to me at least. But a lot of people have been really pissed with him. 
because he is old now, and he's honest. He got the bag from Amazon, and he doesn't give a shit anymore. If he's bored by one of these awful Thursday night games, he's going to tell you. He's going to tell you that this game sucks. This game sucks. I'm not going to watch Lord of the Rings. Who the fuck is 2 Chains? That's his whole night. And he's just going off on it to Kirk Herb Street, and Herbie's feeling awkward. But I enjoy it. I like the honesty, because when these games suck, you, why are you going to pretend like it doesn't? Everybody watching mm-hmm. knows it sucks. Let's talk about other things. Let's get into why you're not going to watch Lord of the Rings. But a lot of people have really disliked it. And it gets to the point they say they just watch the game on mute. Or So are there commentators... Any in particular that will make you mute a game or the opposite? Are there commentators that you think, you know, hate your team and are going to be speaking out against your team the whole time? Because I know I've felt that way a little bit with Washington. Watching Joe some of Buck those and games. Troy Aikman. Really? Mm-hmm. I never feel I that him. way about Buck and Aikman. Okay, tell me why you hate Buck and Aikman. Because I actually happen to like the two of them. Maybe not Aikman so oh, much, but I do like God. Buck. Which is really See, going against the grain. No, they just have Joe a pretentiousness in their voice. I just, I can't do it. I mean, he can't be pretentious. He's the son of a uh, royalty. He's one. He's he's the son of the great <sighs> Jack Buck. See, that's the problem. It, he he has an air about him that he got there because of his dad. And then you have Aikman on the other side, lazy-eyed Aikman, who <laughs> can't even formulate two fucking sentences, a co- co- coherent thought. At this point, he's just so dry and so like they both just lack so much enthusiasm and joe buck always references the same like five or ten euphemisms every single pro- every single broadcast that he does between nfl baseball like he's most of the reason why i don't even watch the playoffs for baseball because i know his his base is going to be on there and i have to mute it i will give the opposite on that though with baseball because i did turn on a little bit of the world series and it was it actually felt strange not hearing joe buck I'm just so used to hearing Buck on the World Series call that I didn't really, I don't know, it threw me off. I didn't want to hear it anymore. I don't know who the new guy is on there, but, and he was doing a decent job, but it just didn't sound, Buck has sounded like baseball to me. And maybe that's just me growing up on him, but I don't know. I can't handle it. I've I've really liked uh, Adam Amin lately. He's good. Whenever he does uh, Commander's Games, and I'm actually keeping up with these people's names now, um, he just he's just got that energy. Like I love when people just go nuts whenever somebody gets a touchdown, no matter which team it is. It's like, oh, they've got that forty-yard pass, walking in, touchdown. It's like, no, it doesn't work like that. I need you all to freak out, and just go wild. <laughs> this is the entertainment I demand. And like, um, that's something. People, uh, Joe you... Beninati and Craig uh, Laughlin for the Washington Capitals—they go insane over everything all the time. Yeah absolutely mm-hmm. love it they make the caps experience such a delight and uh um what's his name uh bram weinstein he's the voice of the commander so mm-hmm. they just like all the radio coverage man if i like when you listen to the the highlights on instagram and stuff like that's his voice that's doing the coverage and his excitement and stuff like that's what you need when you're watching football and joe buck here and oh my god <laughs> terry mclaurin touchdown Let's talk about what that one fan did when he was scratching his armpits. Like, mm. no. I like this um, new character of White Zoo. White Zoo? <laughs> <laughs> Zach. <laughs> so, if you like the exciting commentators, how do you feel about Tony Romo? Because he's a very. I actually like Tony Romo. You too. like him. Okay. Love him. He's so he's, ecstatic. 
So there's, he still walks that fine line with me sometimes because I actually enjoy how he can like dissect a whole offensive scheme and what plays are going to come out. But he tends to do, he can sometimes do it too much to the point to where like yeah. I'm not even like watching the game. I'm just waiting to see if he's actually going to be correct on the actual call. So he can like tone that back. But I enjoy watching Romo calling a game. And on that point, I remember when uh, when the Browns were in the playoffs a couple of years ago, and it was like the last play, like they're just going to snap it and take a knee. He's like, he was so like committed to that. And then they actually ran for the first one. He was like, I was so wrong. Oh my God, I was so wrong. It was so brilliant how they did that. I was like, that's great. I really appreciate this. It's it's much better than, you know, the stale guys, like you said, especially, you know, the Jason Wittens. The Booger McFarlands, pretty much anybody Monday oh, Night Football God. has put on over since since Mike Tirico and John Gruden. For all of John Gruden's faults, and there are plenty of racist, awful, sexually harassing faults, I loved him on Monday Night Football. Him leaving Monday Night Football is the worst decision he ever made. Because my God, his excitement on there was awesome. The spider the spider two Y bananas, everything. Him getting giddy over cookies one time. Loved it. You need more of that. So, okay. I want to jump into this. So this is why I want to get into today's top five. We have the top five sports commentators. Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the three, two, threes top five. Oh, shit. Here we go again. The top five sports commentators. I'm giving them to you. I'm giving them all, whether they're play-by-play or color commentators. Either one can get them. I'm not doing duos. What'd you call me? (laughs) I was calling White Zoo that. (laughs) 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 That's my white laugh, but it ended up becoming like a fancy pirate. <laughs> Do what you want because the pirate is free. There's a song for the day. A shanty. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start you out with some OLIs because there were plenty of people that could be on the list. One of them, Mike Breen. <laughs> Mike Breen of the NBA. I like him. I like, but I can't really, you know, give too much on. I don't listen to anything from him outside of when he yells, bang! Bang on any like yes. three points. I love that. That gets me hyped. And then the crowd gets into it. Yep. I'm like, shit, yeah, Mike Breen. And then that's all. Bang. Bang. The Mannings are OLI for me. I just, the only, my only problem with the Manning cast is that sometimes I wish that they could focus on the game a little more, even when they're with their guests. Cause I would like to know, I would like to see some of their guests. The other night they had Bill Simmons on during the Patriots game. And Bill Simmons was getting, he seemed kind of annoyed with some of the questions because he just wanted to like watch the game and talk about, you know, different things happening in the game. And I don't really care for like the production of it where they have to like dip out when it's, I like this pirate shanty you just sent. (laughs) 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 Gotta play that at the end. I like, I'm going to edit it to the end. (laughs) But I like it when, you know, I like it when they're actually able to dive in and educate because Peyton and Eli are super insightful on how to play this game. And I love how into it Peyton gets. 
when he has to like jump off his couch and the camera has to follow him because he's getting pissed off because they handed it off on like a fourth and six. Can't hear shit. Can't hear shit. <laughs> but then also a OLI because she doesn't really get to be on there, but she has had some attempts. Our girl, Mina Kimes. Mina Kimes mm. should be in the booth. Put her in the booth, cowards. She calls LA Rams preseason games sometimes, and she's been hilarious, especially when she got on like the shit side of like, I think it was like Eric Weddle or something. She said something and didn't realize who she was talking to, but she's super insightful, knows this game better than, you know, most of the player, former players that are in there. Get Mina Kimes in the booth. Yeah. I'll watch every damn game. I'm not worried about her cuck husband. <laughs> her you, cuck husband. You won't Fuck even, him. You won't even watch the game. You'll just have the, yeah, the, Mina, the Mina can. I was, I will, I will support Mina Kimes until the end of the days. My final OLI though, because I couldn't put him on the list, but goddamn it, I would if I could find more games from this guy. It's Ricky Ricardo, and I, it's, it's swear to God, it's his real name. I thought the article was just being racist, but this is an actual uh, Spanish language play-by-play announcer for the Philadelphia Eagles. Ricky Ricardo has one of my favorite game calls of all time, calling Cody Parkey's missed field goal during uh, the Eagles-Bears playoff game from a few years ago. Pie de Cody Parkey. 43 yardas. El snap. Le mete el pie. Distancia, dirección. Le dio el poste. No, falló. No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. No, señor. Los hijos se van con la victoria. Ay, papá. No, señor. No, señor. Chicago, Chicago. Nos vamos para New Orleans. Philadelphia gana el partido. Le dio el poste. Spanish language announcers just do it differently, man. They have a different level of energy for any game. It's what we've been watching the World Cup mostly on like the Telemen- the Telemundo uh, stream. I'm forgetting mm-hmm. the dude's name from DC that does Telemundo. It's so much better. He's so dynamic. I love it. So much better. I wish that that could be my number five, but he is not my number five. In fact, my number five is somebody we've already talked about. It is CBS's Tony Romo. <laughs> Those cowards need to put him on golf like he wants to. He wants to do the Masters. Let him do it. Let him get that excitement, but just like in a whisper. I bet their readings, their, the ratings would go up. Damn right they would. Number four, somebody that we haven't really mentioned too much. Well, I mentioned him while talking about Al Michaels. Kirk Herbstreet. Yes. Hey, papa! Love Herbstreet. I love Herbstreet on college games. I don't really care mm-hmm. for him on the NFL games because he sounds very confused while calling the, the NFL games. But college games, he's super insightful. I learned so much about these teams, and you can tell how much effort and studying he puts into each week's game. Number three, super underrated, Gus Johnson. Chicago, Chicago. Gus Johnson one of the few uh, black play-by-play announcers that I can think of, at least in football and really in like most sports. Gus Johnson calls uh, a lot of college games for Fox, sometimes NFL games. There is no one more excited as a play-by-play caller than Gus Johnson. 
That dude will get hype for anything. He has one of my favorite calls, calling a Jaguars, uh, I think it was a missed field goal return for a touchdown. The longest return, the longest play in NFL history. And the dude, he, Jamal Agnew, this Jaguars kick returner, should have this saved to his phone because nobody will ever scream his name louder than this. Got it up. Dude almost blew his throat out on that. Sounds like it. That was questionable phrasing, but we'll move. Number two, Jim Nance. He's classic for me. I love I love how dynamic he is and call it, you know, being able to call March Madness, then he calls the Masters, then he calls the top NFL games with Tony Romo and how annoyed he was with Tony Romo in that first season because he was just a little too energetic for him. And then he started making more money than him. And he also has apparently like one of the holes from the Masters in his backyard. Jim Nance is awesome. I love his whisper. It puts me into a good nap time during the Masters coverage. Hello, friends. And I feel like a friend of his. And number one, super underrated. Not calling any of like the main, main games, but he should be calling every main game. Does radio for the NFL. He is the official NFL radio caller with Kurt Warner. It's Kevin Harlan. If you don't know Kevin Harlan, Kevin Harlan has had two incredible, incredible calls. One where he called two NFL games at the exact same time because they were in playoff territory. One was a Chiefs game. One was Patriots-Dolphins. It was wild how he was going. Meanwhile, Miami has first and goal down by four. And they're at the... New England, four-yard line, first and goal. 29 seconds left. Here, Butker kicks the extra point. And Fitzpatrick throws in the end zone. Touchdown, Miami! The Dolphins have just scored. Gasicki, the tight end, got a laser in the back of the end zone on a goal-to-go touchdown pass by Miami quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick to take a lead with 24 seconds to go. The extra point coming up for Miami, leading New England 26 to 24. And the crowd now knows it. What a throw by Fitzpatrick. What a touchdown run by Williams on the last weekend of the regular season in the NFL. If the Chiefs win, and New England loses. The Chiefs will be the two seed. They'll get the bye, and they'll have a home game the next weekend. I'm getting confused. What game are you calling? I'm calling both games. There's <laughs> the extra point. The Dolphins have just gone up on New England 27-24 with 24 seconds to go. There's nothing like that dominance and screaming that at your co at your uh your co-caller who's also who's incredibly confused. I'm calling both games. God damn it. Well, his voice is definitely the one that I think of when I think watching an NFL football game. It's his voice. Oh, it sounds so strong. That's why I prefer to watch. 
between everybody. You and you will never get a better call than his super call right here. Super. Five oh three to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. <laughs> and now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the forty. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants. Take off the bra and be a man. And the players with hands on hips at the other end of the field are looking at him and shaking their head and saying, why, oh, why is this taking place in a Super Bowl? I'm calling both games. That's my top five. Love Kevin Harlan. On to Ricks versus Gricks. Life. Life, 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 life. Death. Death, 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 death. Time. Time, 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 time. Space. Space, space, space. Forget everything you think you know. You don't know it. Put your money on the line. Or credit. It's time for Ricks versus Gricks. Gricks? Damn it, Gricks is hard to say multiple times fast. Gricks, 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 Gricks. I hate it. <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt it. Good. This is Reed's picks versus Griffin's picks, which are now Scott's picks, and Zoo's here too. And man, did Zoo have a week last week. And Ooh. me. Scott's here. Last um, last week in these games, Zoo and I went five and one. Zoo, really? Yeah. You went five and one. You're ten and eight on the season now. You, hey. you refuse to lose. I also went five and one. I I am forty seven and thirty one on the season. Scott went three and three last week. Not bad at all. You want to be five hundred, that makes you money. Thirty eight and forty Ooh. on the season. But it's a new week. And it's not just a new week. It's the first week this NFL season that we have Saturday games. And I don't know if I'm ready for it. Feels a little overwhelming. There's too much there's too much happening. Sports everything is just too much. And now there's Saturday football and three games. Three games on a Saturday? Oh god. That's January stuff. But we're gonna watch it anyway. And it's You know what s- will help with that? What? Alcohol? If you, if you go to a Sunday night game. It makes you forget that there's other games. That's so true. And you're going, aren't you? I am. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get into that in a second. But we gotta stay on Saturday. We can't get to we can't this music is so futuristic, we can't just travel to the future though, then we'll end up like Griffin. So we're gonna start on Saturday at one as you look around the walls for Griffin and Dwayne Johnson. Griffin? <laughs> <laughs> Saturday afternoon, we have the Indianapolis Colts, who are 4-8-1, and one, at the Minnesota Vikings, who are 10-3. and three. Minnesota is a three-and-a-half-point favorite, coming off of what I want to call as a surprising loss to the Lions, but Vegas had it. Vegas had the Lions getting that one anyway, so I guess the Vikings are what they thought they were. Who knows? Scott, who are you taking in this game? Oh, I'm taking the Vikings. It's it's one of the easier calls to make this week. Not only is it like Kirk's primetime one o'clock game, but it's even on a Saturday. Oh, yeah. So it's like when you think about perfect time for like a dad energy 
thing to do. It's Saturday <laughs> afternoon. That is like prime Kirk energy. He's putting all his lawn mowing energy into this game. <laughs> I would be shocked. I would be shocked. You walk, see him walk out with some New Balance walking shoes <laughs> and shirtless. Get the, the Dad Force ones, man, and some jorts. <laughs> I like this new version of Kirk. And Dad, <laughs> it's not even Dad bod. He's like ripped Dad bod. Zoo, who do you want Farmer in this game? Bud. Uh, Vikings at home, leading the division against a team that I'm surprised has four wins. Taking the Vikings. Okay. Well, I might come to regret it, but I just have that feeling in my stomach. I'm taking the Colts. I'm taking the Colts in this one. Not only... I got this feeling so what, inside my I, Colts. I want you to tell me. Somebody <laughs> tell me, what day is this game being played? On Jeff Saturday. Saturday. On Jeff Saturday. It's on Jeff's Saturday. This is Jeff Saturday. And I don't know. There's this just feeling in me that the Colts are better than this record. That defense is good. Now, obviously, they don't have Shaq Leonard. They're not going to have uh, Kenny Moore, their star corner either, but they still have Stephon Gilmore. They still have a lot of talent on that defense. Matt Ryan has the faintest bit of juice left in him. He's got some juice in there. And Jonathan Taylor, I think, can still take off. Vikings losing to the Lions, that's either going to set them off and like really get them their juices going and ready to make a comeback, or they're just going to start to fall off a little bit here towards the end of the season, and they may have gotten out of their hot streak. I like the Colts to start winning some surprise games here, ending some dreams, and possibly just leading the way to Jeff Saturday keeping the job for next season so that they can really tank and fall apart and him and Chris Ballard get out. I wonder what Jeff Saturday's record on Saturday is. We're about to find out. I mean, he has to be out there. He was a partial high school coach. So he did. I'm sure he played a couple of Saturday games. Hmm. Saturdays are for the boys. Next up. On Saturday, we have the Baltimore Ravens, who are 9-4, and four, at the Cleveland Browns, who are 5-8. and eight. Cleveland is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Scott, who do you want? Um, even with Lamar being out this week, I'm, I refuse to give Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns anything. Um, if Baltimore wants to stay ahead of the game right now in the AFC North, they need to win this game badly, so I'm going to go with the Ravens on the road. Zoo, who do you like? Who's the backup quarterback for the Ravens? It is Tyler Huntley. Oh. Yeah, they got the Ravens on this one. And he's a great value. Great value, Lamar Jackson. It really is. And he is... (laughs) I thought you meant great value on the bets. Great value, Lamar Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) Tyler Huntley is coming off of a concussion last week, but he was playing pretty well before it. And he's been cleared. He's good to go this week. J.K. Dobbins is back. He's healthy. He's been going off. He's been doing really well since coming back. Um, Cleveland's the favorite here. Deshaun Watson may start to heat up. He threw his first touchdown pass last week, but I don't see it going. Like you said, they need this win to stay ahead and keep up away from the Bengals. Give me the Ravens as well. Saturday night, and this is a weird one. The Miami Dolphins, 8-5. At the Buffalo Bills, who are 10-3, and three. Buffalo is a seven-point favorite, and it's expected to be a shitstorm of snow during this game. 
There's a full snowstorm warning issued for it. They don't know how much it's going to be there. I'm wondering if it'll play. It should be. It probably will play, and it's going to be weird as hell to watch and fun. Mike McDaniel's walking around practice, but that's not cold enough shirt on. That's a cool dude. I like Mike <laughs> McDaniel. I don't know if he's overrated yet because he got figured out a little bit by the LA Chargers. I don't know if you watched that. All the LA, all Brandon Staley did was just move his linebackers back just a few feet, just a few, just like a couple yards, and all of a sudden that shut things down for the Dolphins' offense. But uh, he's still wearing cool shirts. He's going to admit, you know, when he's wrong, we'll see if he can do it in the snow. Zoo- Scott, who do you want? Um, I called the Dolphins to win earlier on in the season against the Bills when, you know, Josh Allen and Buffalo were really going on that tear to begin the season. I am going to go with another upset here. I'm going to take Miami on the road. Really? In the snow? I'm going to – in the snow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with it because you got to think about, you know, it, with it – they're going to be snowing both quarterbacks are very reliant on their arm but you got to look at kind of like the rushing attack on both sides um i think miami's rushing attack edges out buffalo just by a hair all right zoo who do you like so we're going to go with miami speaking of by a hair let's take it to zoo hair um (laughs) a part of me really 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 wants to go (laughs) the offense (laughs) i just showered <laughs> uh, I really want to go with the Dolphins, but the way that Josh Allen is built like a speedy tree trunk, I feel like when it comes to the evasiveness, it, he's just not gonna be able to tackle him into the snow. I'm gonna take the Bills. Zoo, that's your that's your next assignment is top five play top five NFL players who are built like speedy tree trunks. <laughs> I I am gonna take the Bills in this one. Josh Allen's just somebody that like feeds on snow in that Buffalo weather and ready for it. The weather got the Bills in their game against the Dolphins. I think that this is going to be a revenge from Mother Nature herself in getting the Dolphins fully unprepared for the snow and for that cold weather. I don't think it's going to go well for them. I like the rushing attack of the Bills in this. I'm taking Buffalo. Next up on Sunday, we're on to Sunday games. The Detroit Lions, who are 6-7, and seven, at the New York Jets, who are 7-6. and six. Detroit is a one-point favorite. I feel like that line could go up, though, now that Zach Wilson has been announced as the starting quarterback for the Jets since Mike White is not cleared from his injuries. Scott, who do you want? Every time this season I've made the pivot to actually buying in on Detroit, it's ended up biting me in the ass. So <laughs> I kind of had that internal conflict if I wanted to try to buy the, buy the dip right now with the Lions especially now with everything going on at quarterback with New York or just ride with the Jets and trust my gut on that one. But I'm trusting Dan Campbell again this week. I'm going to take the Lions on the road. <laughs> I was even going to say they keep screwing you over, so you're going to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> it's got to it, it's got, I it, see, because my whole thought process is if I, if I do it again, then that's okay. But if I go, if I bet against the Jets, or if I get bet on the Jets when I want to do this, that's where it would make me feel even worse. Zoo, who do you want? I feel like this game is going to be a, a, sh- a, a, do I want to call it a shootout? <laughs> What's a soft shootout? Maybe like a, a wild west, shootout. like, like a, a nerf wild, gun shootout, a wild west shoot, or maybe like one of those revolutionary war shootouts where you have to just like keep like. <laughs> Putting the feather down the rifle. Fire! Reload! Like a water reload. gun fight. 
Okay, yeah. Not really much of a shootout. Um, I feel like the Jets are going to make just enough mistakes to let the Lions keep it close. So, Lions. Okay. Well, I am going against the grain on this one. I'm going to put some belief in the Mormon Manziel. I'm going with the New York Jets. I have a feeling that this game is going to be just a Zach Wilson revenge game. Milf Hunter is going to go off. He's going to come in here. It's going to end with the whole team hugging him and celebrating him in the locker room. He's going to fuck somebody's mom and screw this whole thing up again. But for Mama this Goff, week, where are you at? <laughs> oh, no. No. Not, not Jared's mama. Jared, hide your mom. <laughs> Give me the Jets. <laughs> I think the Lions are coming back to Earth. And Jared Goff's mom is getting fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Tennessee Titans, seven and six, at the LA Chargers, who are also seven and six. Big, Ooh. big AFC playoff game right here. A real big playoff matchup to figure out who's going to get in that wild card spot. The Chargers are three point favorites at home. Scott, who do you want? Do I have to pick? Unfortunately, <laughs> this is the, these are both two teams right now whose record it does not show who the teams are with them both being seven and six. It's still very odd how they both have managed this, but I feel like the chargers are going to move to a different head coach next season with how this year has been going. And I think Mike Vrabel and the Titans are going to put that last nail in the coffin and the chargers and get this game. So we're going with Tennessee zoo. Who do you like? I know it's tough. Chargers are going to be a hybrid charge this week. And I feel like the Titans are going to come in and win. I like that. That's smooth. Good on you for that one. Hybrid charge. I'm going, again, I'm going against you two. I'm going against the two best friends that anyone could have. I'm taking the LA Chargers. I'm going to take the Chargers in this one. I, I still agree with you. I think Staley will fuck this up in the end. I think they get this win, though, against the Titans. I just don't understand how the Titans are 7-6 at this point, but they're kind of falling off the last few weeks. They just lost Caleb Fairley, their number one corner. Chargers, their receivers are starting, are finally healthy. Justin Herbert is taking off with them. Austin Eckler is performing to a degree. I like the Chargers in this one, and I agree with you. It will still end up in a new coach next year. I could see Sean Payton being the perfect coach for that team, and it's somewhere that's, that's been too. rumored that he wants to go. Yeah, no, that's who I like going there, too. Finally, the Zuhair Ali game of the week. The New York Giants, who are 7-5-1 and one, at the Washington Commanders, who are also 7-5-1. and one. Washington is a five-point favorite at home. Home is where Zoo will be, cheering them on, giving them that hype. But Scott... Without your, without the bias that we have over here, who are you taking in this game? You don't, know, don't you say it. There's a lot of things that you learn in this life. Don't you do it. But 32, almost 33 years, and one of the best lessons that I've ever learned is when it's someone else's time to shine, you step out of that limelight and you let them start showing who they are. <laughs> so I'm gonna step out of this limelight. I'm going to go with the commanders, but I'm going to leave it up to you guys. You guys bring the hype. I'm just I'm just riding the train with you. 
Zoo, you had to go over, throw on the jacket. You didn't even care what he had to say. Because you know how I this... thought the headphones were loud enough, but I was wrong. <laughs> it was just mumbles. He wants to give us the spotlight. He's taking the commies, but he wants to give us the highlight here. Zoo, who's winning this game? I am going to be screaming so loud in that 25 degrees that the fog from my breath will cause a smoke screen in Daniel Jones's eyes. But I do have to say, as much as the commanders have potential and as much as this should be an easy win, they're going to do something that makes me wonder what the hell they're thinking. And we are going to win. But it will not be a comfortable win. But it will be a dub. It's going to be a left hand up, one could say. Chase, dub, a dub, dub. Chase Young scheduled to come back. Make his huge debut on front of that Sunday night crowd. Sunday night is where the Commanders usually play pretty well on prime time. They've been doing Waiting well on prime all time. day for Sunday, Sunday night. night. Ooh, we're going to get to hear okay. Carrie Underwood throw in Commanders mm-hmm. into the theme song somehow. Let me know how that goes. <laughs> we, this might be the new great rivalry because they've been calling it the Commies versus the G-Men. So it's like, it's perfectly designed here for you know 50s era cold war battle like you said i don't want to get my hopes too up and then be just miserable on monday morning i want to be realistic here and remember that you know vanilla vic over there in new york has you know plenty of potential to screw you fresh food to to kill it out here and Saquon Barkley could go off at any time. We don't know if Chase Young's ready. I don't know if Taylor Heineke, when he's going to fold and show, you know, the you know he's not the most talented guy out here. So realistically, could I pick the Giants? Yeah, I could. But I'm picking the commies. Hey! Let's go, Commanders. Left hand up. Who are we? The Commanders. Hey. Yow. 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 Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even need analysis for it. The commanders are just going to win. It's going to be a good yeah, weekend. Well. It's going to be a good weekend for you, Zoo. You're going to have a fun Sunday night. We're going to have to get a full so Commandalarian report from you. Oh. You might get a video from me, like, on site. Oh, yeah. Just give us a report. Get somebody's top five out there. Get to do my first tailgate. Woo! While you're here, I want to ask you, before we get into the Calvin Ridley Memorial Betting Slip Zoo, as we're going to put this show out on, you know, Friday night, you can give us, in the podcast realm, you know, one of the, you know, first premiere reactions to the new Avatar movie, Avatar, The Way of Water. (laughs) So, you saw it on opening night, Thursday night, James Cameron's big sequel to the movie from 2009 a sequel that i didn't really think that i wanted but then i rewatched the movie for the first time in over 10 years and realized oh yeah this could be something and now there's four sequels planned so part two without any spoilers how did you like it what's your review on it i'm glad that you said that about the the longevity of the original movie because when the trailer came out i joked saying that it was going to be the exact same movie but in water and I wasn't entirely wrong, <laughs> but 
that's not a bad thing because the first movie was so great that you know the second one like really was amazing like there was a lot of stuff where it's like oh no wonder this movie is damn near three hours long because there's just so much like attention and detail and like going through the scenery and stuff like that so you sit there and wonder like yeah no wonder why it's this long but at the same time you're just like so enamored by it like it's like watching a nat geo documentary about whales like you just locked in you just not there but there's a moment whales. of like there's moment of calm but there isn't moments of like boredom in my personal opinion so the storytelling was pretty good the action was awesome the just the, the the cgi and the scenery and the looks there are parts where it looked a little clunky but got over it and overall i just i really enjoy these movies and you know by the time i'm in my 60s i'll be able to watch the fourth one <laughs> are you up for are you up for a sequel are you up for three more of these oh yeah okay i'm i'm up for good movies and good entertainment i don't care who makes it i don't care what studio they come from Give me good storytelling. Give me good entertainment. Give me a, a good time going to the movie theaters, and I'm in. It's damn near three hours. Are there any good times to take a pee? Because I anytime they're I'm... underwater, just learning stuff. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> there's a lot of opportunities. Because this feels like a challenge of a movie. I'm a notorious. I have to go pee in the once a movie's over two hours. Like I'm like I it, I'm on the edge, and I need to go. And if I'm watching a movie that's all water, come on, that's going to be, that's like torturing people. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. You can't when, get... Every time you're learning the ways of the water, you can go do your own uh, <laughs> urine bending. <laughs> the way of my water. That'll be. <laughs> well, that... <laughs> Wrong avatar. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's going to be. I don't think I saw Aang do that. That'll be <laughs> that'll be the avatar. That'll be the resurgence of messy avatar porn parodies. That we're gonna get here. No, you spoke it in existence. That's the worst thing you just did. Oh, it's it's coming. You know it's coming. Well, yeah. Well, where's the? Good lord. <laughs> where's the sound? Oh, the. Where's the Chris Rock one? What do you think? Now I'm wondering if you meant messy the person or something else. what do you think scott you're a notorious theater hater are you gonna go to see this in the movie theaters no perfect (laughs) (laughs) as if sitting on seats that people have been on all day isn't bad enough you're gonna wear the 3d glasses on top of that hell no hell no Well, that made your that made your segue nice and easy as we head into the Calvin Ridley Memorial betting slip. We do this in honor of our great friend Calvin Ridley, now a Jaguars receiver, formerly a Falcons, still somewhere in purgatory of this suspension of this full year suspension for putting a 15 pick parlay on his own team while he was in the middle of a you know mental break. He's just in a prison under the Bellagio. Now, now we turn to our own mental break case, Scotty Ilya, with his with his parlay for the weekend. What do you have this week for us, Scott? 
Uh, just a simple 13 leg parlay, just rolling in, you know, the six picks that we just made for Ricks versus Gricks. But then I'm also adding on top of it, seven the seven college football bowl games this week Ooh. that we have from Saturday through Monday night. Um, first game on the slate is Cincinnati Bearcats at the Louisville Cardinals in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. If that seeks your interest. Um, this game is Louisville. Louisville are two point favorites right now. But one of the more interesting tidbits about this game is that the uh, multiple most recent head coach for Louisville, Scott Satterfield, is actually leaving Louisville for Cincinnati this upcoming season. So um, that should be a very interesting game to watch. Um, like we talked about already, I got Minnesota over the Colts. Uh, next college for game on the slate is unranked Florida at number 14, Oregon State, and the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. <laughs> we can get a 3 2 3 bowl. I swear to God. Trust me, the next one, the next bowl game, you're going to be like, how are they naming these this, these games? Uh, Oregon State are eight and a half point favorites. Billy Napier, uh, better known as White Cajun Willie Taggart, and the Florida Gators are hemorrhaging players left and right. We're going Oregon State handedly and the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, next game up, we have Washington State, who we just talked about uh, a little bit ago, uh, versus Fresno State. Would you like to take a guess at what this bowl's name is, Reed? Um, what is, okay, give me a hint somewhere, because I know there's always like two levels to these names. Um, it's in LA. Okay, give me the, um, the, uh, the Avocado Peloton Bowl. No, close. It's the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl presented by Stifle. Jimmy Kimmel? Jimmy Kimmel has his own damn bowl game. Oh, my God. Uh, Fresno's favorited by four points. We're going to give it to Fresno. If they don't um, have Guillermo calling talking, that ball. I'll be very upset. Um, Ram, uh, Ravens over the Browns. We already talked about that. You got Rice versus Southern Miss in the Lending Tree Bowl. That's it. Just Lending Tree Bowl. Lending Tree. Okay. Simple to the point. But we're going to get to Frank Gore Jr. and Southern Miss. Um, they're the favorites by six and a half, so we're giving it to them. Uh, next on the slate, we got SMU at BYU in the New Mexico Bowl. New Mexico's not even in, not even playing. It's not even about the state of New Mexico. It's just the, it's the new Mexico Bowl as Mexico opposed Bowl. to the old Mexico Bowl. Right. And even though SMU is favored by four and a half points, uh, I am making this point. I am making this pick for you, Reed. We're going with BYU. Pause up. With them. Pause up. Uh, I think. And then to the round everything out, Dolphins. Dolphins over the Bills. We're going with that upset. Upset. Uh, North Texas and Boise State in the Frisco Bowl, presented by Serve Pro. Uh, Boise State is favored by ten and a half points, and we are giving it to Boise State. That is going to be a very handled handled game for them. And then to rattle the rest of them off. Lions over the Jets. Titans over the Chargers. Beat your Washington Commanders over the New York Giants. And to round it all out on Monday at 2.30 in the afternoon, Marshall at Connecticut. In the Myrtle Beach Bowl, how trashy can you get? The Myrtle <laughs> Beach Bowl. And we're going to go with Marshall. 11-point favorites in America's little darling city, Myrtle Beach. And this $10 wager will get me $18,972.87. Okay. Let's go. Let's make go. this money. You didn't throw it in here, but I want to get picks from you because we do have a major game this weekend. It's the World Cup Final. We have Ooh. just a little game called the World Cup Final. Argentina 
Lionel Messi, Lionel Richie's, Lionel Richie's son. Messi is playing in his first World Cup for he's playing for his first World Cup final to cement goat status here. He is going up against Mbappe in France. Who do you guys like in this game? Who are we taking? I'm not calling the third place game because fuck that. We're not going. Who cares about third place? I'm, you know, that's yeah, the Pro Bowl. That's the Pro. That's the Pro Bowl of soccer right there. <laughs> Which I found out if you want some betting advice here, that third place game almost always goes over. I think they said nine out of the last ten third place games in the World Cup have gone on the over. So I'm putting a bet on that for tomorrow. Who are you all taking in the main game? Argentina versus France. Scott, who do you want? Uh, going back to 1930, Argentina and France have played each other a whopping five times, which is crazy to think it's only been five times. Really? But Argentina is 4-1 and one in those games, dropping the most recent game in 2018 to France 4-3. Uh, Fran- uh, Argentina hasn't lost a game in the last five games. They're on fire. I think this, with this being Lionel Messi's last World Cup, He's got to win. He's going to do everything he can. He's going to put that whole country on his back. We're giving it to Argentina. Okay. Zoo, who do you want? Between 1930 and 2018, Italy and Brazil are the only ones to have won back-to-back FIFA Cups. France will not be joining that list, and Messi will be retiring as a champ. Let's go. Yeah, fuck them French. Fuck the French, the African oh, nation. Fuck the French. French. Fuck, fuck the French. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking Argentina too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the goat. I'm going with Messi. He's going to go out with the huge celebration, all the tears, nothing but cheers in that stadium. Give me Argentina for this big win here. Unfortunately for Argentina, all three of us picked them, and that you know goes well so many times <laughs> on this show. Messi gets hurt in the middle of the game. I'm putting money on France right now as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a great show from you guys. Zahir Ali, where can we find you? What shout-outs do you have before we get out? You can find me on Animation Deliberation Podcast. We have loads of anime to talk about, and we got Bad Batch coming back next month. So whether it's Star Wars, whether it's Marvel, whether it's anime, we have lots of stuff to talk about with you. On the soccer talk, I want to say a big shout-out to Santa for this wonderful Roy Cut. Roy, wow. Whoa. Roy Kent Cup. <laughs> Roy Kent Cup. Ain't that a tongue twister. That says, don't you dare right settle for oh fine. <laughs> Very excited about that. And shout out to the GOAT, Alex Ovechkin, being the third person in NHL history to get 800 goals in a career. And he ended it on a hat trick. That was phenomenal this week for hockey fans everywhere. Is there a possibility that he catches the great one? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's make it happen. Let's go. The owner even said, like, there's no chance that we're doing a rebuild while Alex Ovechkin is playing because he wants to stay competitive while Ovechkin is uh, pursuing that that goal, and he wants to do it with the cap. So they're doing whatever they can to give him the weapons and assets he needs to succeed. Well, he's right. only behind by what, like 90? Yeah. 90 now, yeah. 94? Let's go. I'm good. Let's go. Let's go, Ovi. Let's go, Ovi. Let's go, Ovi. Let's go, go Caps, go. Moved right past Roy Cunt. 
Really, really feeling. I really want to. Oi! I really. <laughs> I want to make that the name of the show, the name of the episode. But uh, please don't. I don't think it, no, don't. that one please can't don't. go. That one can't go over well. <laughs> please don't. That could be a legitimate cancellation. Speaking of cancel, Roy Kent Cup. Ooh. Speaking of cancellations, Scott Elia, thank you for being here. Oh, you're welcome. I'll stop. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep coming on this show until I get canceled. You want to try your? You want to try your? Uh, your your hand at Roy Kent cut. Ooh, I almost said. No, it. thank you. I almost said Roy, it. Roy, <laughs> See, it's no, hard. So what are the? What's the actual word? Roy Kent cup. Let's all say it all together. Let's try this. Three, two, one. Roy, Roy Kent, Kent cup. cup. <laughs> cunt. Cancel that man. <laughs> For the three, two, three, I am your host, Reed Murphy. You can find me on all the social medias and follow the show at three, two, three, R E I D, including our Patreon, patreon.com slash three, two, three, Reed. Thank you again, Zoo Scott, for being here. This is going to be a fun weekend. It's starting almost instantly as you're listening to this. We have a lot of entertaining sports to get into. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you soon. Stay safe. Take us out, Kenny. I'm double-checking to make sure no one's died. (laughs) I forgot to ask. Oh, no, we kept saying Roy Kent. No! (laughs)